Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. While everyone believed she wanted to care for her mother in her grief, it had only been partly that. It was mostly that she needed her mother. She was lonesome, too. She could not explain that part. She was not a girl anymore. She had not been for a long time, though on some level, she wanted to tell the girl, we feel like girls for all our lives, even after we choose careers, get married. It's all play acting. Bohini Vara, this is Salvaged. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And this week, I'm joined by Bookshelf Operations Manager Olivia Schaefer to give you a rundown of our favorite new books releasing in September. September is a big month for The Bookshelf and for Thomasville. This month, we're helping the Thomas County Library relaunch our Area One Book Program. For 10 years, the Thomas County Library has hosted South Georgia's first and only one book program where our entire community reads the same book together and celebrates that book with a variety of literary events. This year, we're reading You're Not Listening, What You're Missing and Why It Matters by Kate Murphy, and our celebration of Murphy's book will culminate in a visit from the author at the Thomas County Board of Education Auditorium on Thursday, September 28th. Tickets are $10 and can be found in-store at the bookshelf or online at onebookthomascounty.org. You have plenty of time to get tickets and to read You're Not Listening right along with us. Grab your copy at the bookshelf, the library, or read along with us from far away by snagging a copy at your own local indie. Visit onebookthomascounty.org for more details about this year's event. We hope to see you there. Now back to the show. As we go through September new releases, just keep in mind our online sales manager, Aaron, has made browsing our podcast book selections easier than ever. Just go to bookshelfthomasville.com, type episode 441 into the search bar, and you'll see all of today's books listed ready for you to purchase. You can use the code new release, please at checkout. I said release weird. You can use code new release, please at checkout for 10% off your order of today's titles. Hi, Olivia. Hey, how's it going? Welcome back. We're talking about September books. Yeah, and there was quite a few to choose from. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, I thought so too. It's it's that fall, which it's good because we're getting ready for our fall literary preview, our, our lunch and our literary first look. So it is time to be thinking about fall books. Do you find it difficult to read fall titles when it's still 104 degrees outside or no? I find it difficult to live in fall when it's 100 (laughs) degrees outside. This is, I, August I know is not your month. September is when I get angry because now I'm like, no, Uh now we're done. Right. Now I should be able to wear my sweaters and people don't look at me like I'm crazy. Like this is it. Right. That is true that, I mean, August is my least favorite. That is, (laughs) that is known. That is I am notorious for being real grouchy about that. Um, But the truth is, September isn't much better. I mean, because you're exactly right. Like after Labor Day mentally, Mm -hmm. like I break out my pumpkins and I light my fall candles and it feels stupid. It feels so stupid. (laughs) It feels like we're play acting fall. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. 
I I've, I need to do some research on this. I shouldn't do research. Someone else, a scientist should do research on this. <laughs> but I find it difficult to focus when it is hot outside. Like, I don't know. I, I think my attention span is worse. I don't like anything. I don't like TV. I don't like books. I don't know. I... This is a hard time of year for me, even September. I mean, we're ending August. We're into, getting into September. But I should be reading these really, I don't know. I love the fall reading season. And so I should be able to like get excited about that. But instead, we're reading fall early. And it also doesn't feel like fall until November here. So yeah, like I actually feel like I've already finished my spooky season for this year reading wise. Mm -hmm. And now I've just gone into like winter reading, which is probably what makes me grumpiest because I'm like (laughs) reading about snow and it's a hundred degrees outside. Yes. This is what I'm talking about. I can't do that. I started a book that I think I'm going to love a fall release. I I brought it home. It's an ARC. I think it's called, I think it's called Lazy Country. I'm not hundred percent sure about that title. Regardless, I opened it. Like I know from the publisher rep, from the blurb on the back, I think I'm going to love it. But I started reading it and she references snow and I put it down. I was like, absolutely not. Like, I am not reading that right now. My door won't open. My front door won't open. <laughs> Just, I was ready for you to say, and I threw it across the room. <laughs> yeah, might as well have. Might as well have. Uh, okay, so these books, at least in my mind, feel like early fall to me. They feel like books that could get you into the fall reading mood. Okay, and I'll kick us off with a book that I think. I wish we'd gotten an ARC of because I think this could be an Annie Olivia overlap book. So my first book is Happiness Falls. This is by Angie Kim. It released this past Tuesday. You will recognize Angie Kim's name from her debut novel, Miracle Creek, which I read and really liked. Did you read that one? No, I didn't. But I remember you telling me that I would really like it. Yes, you would have. (laughs) I caught it after it came out and I'm really really bad at reading books after they've already come out. Yes. I just move forward. I It's hard for me to stop and go backwards a little bit. Yes. So uh, will you ever read Shark Heart? Probably not. And honestly, to be perfectly fair, it's not totally my genre. I yeah. think the only reason I did like Our Wives Under the Sea was because of the submarine element of it. Okay. Okay. And I don't know. I don't know if I can get into that. I, I know I understand just, you know, what is it? Dissent belief. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, I can't even help you. <laughs> I know. You know how we talked about how I'm terrible at metaphors <laughs> before this began? <laughs> this, 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 suspension of disbelief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got it. We got yeah, there. That's what I meant. I know I can do it, but for some reason, that for me is like a no. Okay. So, okay. I am curious. I think I am going to try to read Happiness Falls as soon as I grab a copy, but you can't now, right? Because... No, I probably won't. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. Okay. I'll read it for both of us. I'll read it. I'm sure it's great. great. (laughs) I'll read it for both of us. Look, the... Okay. First of all, the cover is great. Very striking. I think it might be one I want to own if I love it, which it's... I will say... This is a book that we did not receive ARCs of, but everyone else did. And so and so I have seen this book on Instagram so much. Everyone I've seen talk about it loves it. So basically, this is a book about a biracial Korean-American family. They live in Virginia. 
And the father and son go out for a walk one morning. Nothing is out of the ordinary. Nothing is unusual. But the boy returns home and he has a condition where he cannot speak. So he is um, mute and he is covered in blood and arrives back home and the dad does not. And I immediately am like, I need to I need to read this book. Um, because the book kind of opens with that incident and it becomes what to my mind sounds a little bit like Celeste Ng's first novel and maybe even Little Fires Everywhere too, but where it's this combination of a thriller suspense novel, but also family lit, like dysfunctional family lit, um, where it's about this family and the reasons the father might have gone missing. Um, but apparently the pacing is quite tight. And so that adds to that element of suspense where you don't know, are they going to find him? The clock is essentially ticking because the boy is covered in blood. And so if they don't find the father soon, they may never find him. And at the same time, the book is exploring the lives of these family members um, as they live in their Virginia home. So I am very intrigued by this. I liked Miracle Creek a lot. I know this is weird, but it is very hard for me to remember plots of books once they're done. But I do remember like where I was when I read them. And I remember reading Miracle Creek on the front porch of our Jefferson Street house. And I just, it was one of those books that I'm not sure I read as an ARC. I think I might've read it as an already released book. And so there's something about those types of books to me too, where I didn't read them in advance. I read them alongside everyone else. And I suppose Happiness Falls Now will be the same way for me. So this is Happiness Falls by Angie Kim. It is her sophomore novel. It came out this week and I'm really excited to bring it home. That premise does sound really intriguing. Right? I think my first question would be, how old is the boy? Can he not write? Um, She names the um, disorder that he has. And he is older, but I'm not sure he's capable of writing either. Like, I think he is non-communicative. Okay. I'm not 100% sure about that because I okay. haven't read it. Because who is the publisher of that book? <laughs> I, I, I get so mad. Send me your ARCs. I read them. <laughs> <laughs> And that's all. Like, I know. You don't have a Kindle. <laughs> I don't have a Kindle. Dang it. I'm about to get one. I'm this close. I'm this close. I, I was pricing iPads the other day. Could I read on an iPad? Yeah. You just have to download the Kindle app. Okay. Oh, that still makes me mad. And you can download that on anything. But. Anyway. So yeah, that's all. Literally, these physical ARCs are all I have. Publishers, if you're listening, they're all I read. <laughs> <laughs> and she can sell a book. I can sell a book. <laughs> just, if only you'd let me. Just put uh, it in her hand, people. <laughs> okay, my first book is um, Mother Daughter Murder Night by Nina Simon. Um, and this is out this week. Every time I say that title, I feel like I'm saying the Roar Jur. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why. <laughs> Mother Daughter. Murder Night. Mm, it is a great title, though. It's a great title. And the cover is really cute, too, because it's these blinds and then you just have binoculars peeking through. Oh, I've seen this. Yeah. Yes. And it was it was so great. It was like it gave Finlay Donovan vibes, but with a bit more depth to it because you have these really interesting okay. mother daughter relationships throughout. So it's about this uh, family of three. Lana Rubicon is like the grandmother and she's this like high powered businesswoman, real estate mogul type woman. 
Um, she she made it all for by okay. herself. Um, she's she's very independent, fiercely independent, and very hard on her daughter Beth. Beth um, got pregnant very young, and it upset her mother. So she moved out to this like little house they had. Um, I don't. <laughs> they totally say it, but I don't remember. Um, <laughs> it is said, but I don't remember. So they have a very troubled relationship, the two of them. And then Beth's daughter, Jack. And Jack uh, works for this kayaking company. She gives like kayak tours through this like little river. And on one of her kayak tours, um, these this father and son venture off to the side and they find a dead body. Okay. And all of a sudden, Jack is like in the middle of this murder investigation because it's like her tour that found it. And it's a guy that supposedly booked a tour that she did mm -hmm. the previous night. So like she's kind of caught in the middle, this teenager. And Lana ends up living with Beth and Jack because she gets diagnosed with cancer and she's going through all of these treatments. But while she's there, she's just like super unhappy in this house. So she just like slyly starts ordering like a new bed, a new rug, a couple new lamps. She gets the house painted, like all of the stuff <laughs> that Beth is like, please stop. Um, and then Lana, since she has nothing else to do and she's in this house that so she doesn't like, mm -hmm. decides uh, to take it upon herself to uh, figure out what happened with this murder. Mm -hmm. And that is the part that you're just like, this is hilarious. Um, <laughs> like she legitimately puts on a Why wig not? because she has no hair because of chemo and just like waltzes out and just goes to start interviewing people. And you're just like, sure. I mean, she feels so entitled to like do all of this. Mm -hmm. Sure. Why not? Um, so it was really fun, but it was great because there was a lot of really well done moments between all of the mothers and daughters. Um, and like explaining like how Lana came to be the woman that she is and same with Beth and, and same with Jack. And Oh, that does sound good. It was, it was really good. Did you, I really did you read it. a physical ARC of that or? I did read a physical ARC of that. Would you like it? Do you still have it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry to be creepy. <laughs> well, you, you got low in voice. So I was like, I'll meet you there. <laughs> Thanks so much. Yeah, no problem. Um, I would like to read that. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, my my next book is shockingly very different from that. Uh, it is How Far to the Promised Land. This is by Esau Macaulay. It releases next week on the 12th. Um, you might recognize Esau Macaulay's name from his first book called Reading While Black. This is a book I own but have not read. I do have a few of these uh, books that I own and have not read. I started it. It is excellent, but it is quite academic. And so I have not finished it yet. Um, but his latest book is his memoir. So Esau Macaulay is a New York Times columnist, and he's an Anglican priest. And he is a Black man who grew up in Huntsville, Alabama. And so this is a lot about his upbringing in Huntsville. And he's he's like a few years older than I am, I think. Um, and so he grew up in Huntsville. I am familiar with Huntsville because of my own time in Alabama and my own relatives in Alabama. So I was curious from that point of view. But I was also curious about this one because earlier this year, I read Beth Moore's All My Knotted Up Life, and it wound up being so good. And, and although Beth Moore is a leader in the evangelical Christian world, I stand by 
and truly believe that anybody could read Beth Moore's memoir and really enjoy it because it's a lot. It's to me just Southern Gothic literature. So I was a little bit curious about Esau Macaulay's new book, wondering if it would kind of be in the same vein. And it is. Um, This book is just an excellent memoir about life in America, particularly life in the American South for a young black man. And then we get to watch Esau Macaulay grow up. Um, There's a lot, there's a couple of chapters that are really beautiful about his marriage. Um, And he's married to a white woman. And so what that experience was like um, for him and also for her family. Yes, there is a lot about Esau Macaulay's Christian faith um, and him um, realizing that he wants to become a priest, why he wants to become a priest. Um, But it is really just a memoir about yeah, what it's like to grow up in America, um, particularly as a Black person. I loved this book. I think the writing is outstanding. Um, I read uh, Esau's New York Times column and really enjoy it. Um, if you like that, which you can go probably and read some of his past columns to see if you like his writing rhythm. Um, but if you like those, I suspect you will really enjoy this book. Um yeah, I loved it. And it was a surprise for me um, because reading While Black was so academic. I wasn't sure what to expect from this one, but I really liked it. And I think um, I think you could enjoy it regardless of where you are on the spectrum of faith. Um, I think that people might find it enjoyable and insightful. Um, so that is How Far to the Promised Land by Esau Macaulay. Um, really one of one of the books I've enjoyed most this year. Awesome. <laughs> I was trying to think of a segue and I failed because my next one is a middle grade about Sherlock Holmes. And I was like, there's no connector here. I just, there's none. I just looked at your title and I was like, yeah, there's no way. Sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Set you up for failure. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, Yeah. So my next book is a middle grade. It's The Improbable Tales of Baskerville Hall by Allie Standish. Um, And this is out next week. So September 12th. I love anything Sherlock Holmes based. I don't know if you consider this fan fiction. I was thinking about this because I was just like, I was like, Annie reads (laughs) X-File fan fiction. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) I'm just kidding. You can tell people. (laughs) I was like, did you not already? (laughs) Yeah, I can't keep a secret. It's fine. <laughs> but I think I would read Sherlock Holmes fan fiction. Oh, I love and you, Sherlock Holmes. Let me tell you something. I bet it exists thanks to you know who? Oh, Benedict surely. Cumberbatch. Yeah. But thanks oh, to Benedict. Absolutely. That's why you got it. Yeah. 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 Um, let it be known, I don't want the romancy stuff. I just want a good no. mystery. I want a good plot. Yeah. I bet you could find that. But yeah. I because uh, you remember I read that book, uh, this is not about Benedict Cumberbatch. Was that what it was called? It was a great book. But yes, that Sherlock Holmes fan fiction does exist. However, a lot of Watson and Sherlock uh, romance. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how I didn't see that coming. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> you got you to gotta weave through some stuff. That's fine. <laughs> but then I was just like, what is the line of fan fiction? Because is this? I don't know. Yes. I, it's published. That seems great. Um, but there's other published fan fiction. I mean, Kayla literally said yesterday she feels she's reading the new Alice Hoffman, I, I guess the upcoming Alice Hoffman book. And she said it's, it's she said it's Nathaniel Hawthorne fan fiction. She's she, <laughs> which is, <laughs> <this> is weird. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. She's, we were talking yesterday upstairs about making T-shirts. They want to make a T-shirt with sync on the front, but it's not their faces. It's the faces of old men authors like Nathaniel Hawthorne and Ralph Waldo Emerson. Mm, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> they seem to think it would really sell. But she was talking about Nathaniel Hawthorne fan fiction. <laughs> So stay tuned. They seem to think it would really sell. <laughs> Coming to a bookstore near you. I just personally, I don't know the faces of old men fiction authors. That's what we were looking up yesterday was were they handsome or not? Yeah. yeah. So it would just look like insane. <laughs> With old men. <laughs> With old men faces. Random, <laughs> random old men. And I don't know. Anyways. This book was great. I think I finished it in one sitting because I just, I loved it. It was just so much fun. It's about Arthur Conan Doyle as a kid. And he grows up in this pretty poor family. I, in my head, it read, read as like Charlie from Willy Wonka-esque, you know? Yes. Like okay. had siblings, a dad that was like kind of struggling to provide, a really nice mom. And then he like on, on chance meets this guy on the street um, after like a, an incident and the guy invites him to go to Baskerville Hall, which is the school for like um, gifted children. Okay. And so there he befriends like two kids, one of them being Jimmy Moriarty. Ah. And at first I was just like, ooh, is Moriarty going to like turn on him? But they just become like best friends because they both get invited to join this powerful like secret society, which obviously I consumed at a rapid pace (laughs) Um, and like the two of them just like end up in like a whole lot of trouble because of the secret society and like you know go on like a whirlwind of a mystery but it's definitely the start of a series like both of them have like a a nemesis kid in the school too I forget his name because it mostly like the Doyle and Moriarty stuck out to me Uh uh-huh but it was just such a fun play on everything. That does sound charming. Um, I enjoyed it so much. Also, the the cover of it is just so great. It's awesome. That sounds really good. And I love the title, The Improbable Tales of Baskerville Hall. And I like that it's it it sounds like it would lend itself to a series. So I'm kind of glad. I, I normally like a standalone when you talk about a standalone, but it sounds like it should be a series. So yes. I'm and maybe Moriarty does turn into a villain. Who's to say? Right. Fascinating. That sounds really fun. And I do think that would qualify as uh, Arthur Conan Doyle fan fiction, for sure. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because there's no... Oh, my gosh, I just realized there's no Sherlock. <laughs> or <laughs> <Yeah>. Watson. <laughs> yeah, where's Watson? I bet that's coming. Yeah. Or they're just emulating Sherlock and Watson. Yeah. Doyle and Moriarty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe so. Okay. Well, I also don't have a great segue. My next book is the new book by Lauren Groff. It is called The Vaster Wilds. This releases next week on September 12th. I get real nervous when my favorite authors, my favorite writers release a new thing. You'd think I'd be excited, but I think it says something about my personality that instead I'm nervous um, because I just don't know how they could possibly improve upon their previous work. So I love Fates and Furies. It's been a long time since I've read that book, but I recall it um, making an impact on me the year that I read it. Matrix, though, that released a couple years ago is one of my very favorite books. And I just wasn't sure. I don't know. I just wasn't sure if this one was going to, to, to be better. I didn't see how it could be. But 
It's really good. And it is in the running. I, I just, I don't know now what my favorite Lauren Groff book is because The Vaster Wilds is beautiful. Um, part of the reason I was a little nervous much like I was for Matrix, because Matrix was about a nun, but it was also about a medieval nun. And I do not read, nor am I super familiar with medieval lit, the world of medieval times. This book is set in the 1600s in what is now known as Virginia, near the Jamestown settlement. And it's a survivalist tale. And I just immediately thought, I just don't know if I care about that. Um, And then I remembered, I channeled like my elementary school age, middle school age Annie, and remembered that I loved the Dear America books. I loved American Girl Dolls. I loved Roanoke and Croatone. And I was obsessed with that like historical mystery. And I thought, okay, let me get in that frame of mind because this book is about a young woman who flees the Jamestown settlement during the winter because they are in what is, I think, being called or what was then called the starving time. And basically people in her, in the settlement are dying left and right. And so she flees and leaves her past. She's a young servant living with um, a husband and wife and their, and their children. And she leaves, decides to take her chances in the wilds of this uh, Virginia colony not even really a colony at this point yet. And when I, I think I said this on last week's episode of the podcast, but when I texted Hunter about this book, he said, I just don't know how Lauren Groff made you care about a book with essentially no plot. And I'd like to be clear that things definitely happen in this book. Like it's set over the course of 15 days. She is a young woman trying to survive. So there are lots of survival elements, adventure elements. I think Lauren Groff herself compares this to Robinson Crusoe. Uh, But also it's just about this young woman. And weirdly, definitely deals with the same themes that we've seen from Lauren Groff before about faith, about um, what it means to be a human person, um, what were we created for, what were we made for. And it's a beautiful tribute to nature. It's the writing about nature is beautiful. She writes the book definitely in this, in the same type of wording that would have been used in the 1600s. And at first I was really nervous about that, but it is, it's not distracting. I loved it. I immediately assimilated to it. Like I got used to it. I think she's a genius and it makes me so mad, uh, really delightfully mad uh, because we get to participate in it. But um, that is The Vaster Wilds by Lauren Groff. I just loved it. I really did. It's one of those like, I love you, but I hate you, but I love you. Yes. <laughs> I I finished it and I was so annoyed because I don't know all of her books are also so different. And typically an author writes kind of the same types of stories. Mm-hmm. Even if you love them, the themes are similar. And there are themes that I'm used to out of her in this book. But I mean, a medieval nun, a book about <laughs> a marriage, a short story collection set in Florida, and now this book in Virginia. Like, I, it's just irritating how much territory she's covered. <laughs> It's just so frustrating. Stay in your lane, whatever lane (laughs) that is. Yeah, whatever it is. Okay, on a different note, my next one is adult, but it's called Murder in the Family, and it's by Kara Hunter, and it's out September 19th. It's actually a paperback original. I read this one just for fun. Oh. I know. Good for you. Thank you. But it was, it was, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. And I actually think the publisher made a mistake putting this out in paperback because I think it would do really well in hardcover. Oh, interesting. And I probably would have chosen it for shelf subscription because it was really good. Mm. But this is about um, like a true crime, but fictionalized true crime 
uh, of this guy, Luke Ryder, who was killed like 20 years ago. Um, and now they're doing like a reality TV show starring like six experts, like a psychologist, a private investigator, a detective, and they all coming together interview style to kind of try to piece together what they can about this cold case and figure out who killed Luke Ryder, the son of the family that Luke Ryder is a part of. He's like their stepdad is the one who's like directing it. Cause he's like, I just want to know what happened to Luke. Mm. And so you get like interview style, these six detectives, every time they sit down to like film an episode and they go through like all of the evidence that they've been digging up. Um, and then they like, there's always like a big ending to the episode because like, otherwise, how do you keep this going? That like involves some sort of plot twist within the actual mystery of like who killed Luke Ryder. But then at the end, you also get these little blurbs. So it's either emails between the detectives or it's voicemails between the siblings, um, like text exchange between the siblings. Mm. who are also watching this happen. Um, and then there's like a Reddit thread for like the TV show of like other people. Of course. Yes. And like newspaper clippings of like the sensationalized TV show, like what happened this week on it. But it was so fun and so well done. Like there were, there were some twists that I was like, maybe, and then it happened. And there were other twists that I truly did not see coming. Um, but there were so many twists in it that you're just like, all right, just in for this ride. Okay. The format of it made it just like fly by mm -hmm. kind of like kill show that book we both read. Yeah. 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 This one didn't have as much commentary as to like true crime and what it's mm -hmm. doing with our society. It was more just like true crime and how fun it is <laughs> <laughs> and how nuts it is. <laughs> yeah. I have grown to really like, I think, mixing up my reading with these books that have like, yeah, Reddit threads or text exchanges. Like it's just kind of a fun format. Yeah. Playing with the format is fun. Yeah. And it, it's also cool because you just kind of have to trust that the author is going to tie this together instead of like, mm -hmm. it's like a going into like a Janice Hallett. Like, yeah, I have to trust that like, I, I could sit here and nitpick all these details, but I will not get where she is going. I can only trust that she's going to get me there at the end. And I will look back and be like, Oh my gosh, how did I miss that? And that was that was like this. Did you see she has a new book coming out? Yes, I'm so excited. The ARC is upstairs. Did you get it? Yeah, they sent us two of that one. So I already oh, okay. <laughs> okay, good. Just making sure. I yeah. saw it. it kept being up there and I was like, I hope she saw this. Yes. Okay, my next book is This is Salvaged by Bohini Vara. This comes out on September 26th. I read this book a few weeks ago. I don't know. I know why I picked it up. I was like, I don't really even know why I picked it up, but I think I picked it up. This is going to sound worse than it is, but I think I picked it up because it was thin and I was like, I can finish this, <laughs> but it is a short story collection and I read it right before I read Jhumpa Lahiri's Interpreter of Maladies collection. And after I finished Jhumpa Lahiri's, I immediately thought, oh my gosh, like you can see the impact Jhumpa Lahiri has had on the short story format and particularly on Indian American writers. And so Vahini Vara has this gorgeous collection. She's also the student of Adam Johnson, who wrote, I believe, the Pulitzer winning collection called Fortune Smiles, uh, which I read several years ago. And you can tell that she has worked with Masters of the Craft because I think this collection is really spectacular. All of the stories in the collection deal with girlhood, with growing up, coming of age, grief, 
And there are several stories that I found um, memorable. But the collection opens. I I always think the opening story is important because it kind of has to get you or I think people are done. But the first story is about these two young women. They're, I think, 17, 18 years old. They're on the cusp of adulthood, but they're not there yet. And one of them has just faced just a horrible loss. I think she's uh, lost her sibling. And she is in the throes of grief, but she and her friend take a job like kind of with this, I would kind of call him a creepy sort of guy, but like at a telemarketing kind of firm. And then they realize, oh, like the real money is to be had in phone sex operating. And so they beg this creeper guy, like, can we can we move and not just work for this telemarketing side? Can we work on the phone sex operating side? And he he allows one of them to, but not the other. And it sounds so dark and crass and and in a way it is, but it's also just about girls trying to figure out what being a woman means and what does being an adult mean. Um, And it's also about people who take advantage of grief. And anyway, I just thought it was really a really striking way to start the collection. And then I I, I don't think this is a spoiler, but as you're reading, I looked up Vohini Vara because I was like, oh my gosh, like all of this is so beautiful, but also feels very personal. And sure enough, she lost her sister to cancer when they were growing up. And so you could just, you can tell that that has had an impact on her, um, that that has affected the way that she writes and the stories that she tells. One of my favorite stories in the collection is a story called The 18 Girls. It reminds me of the book I read a few years ago called 40 Rooms. But basically this idea that, um, each year of her life, this young woman is a different girl, a different version of herself. So the 18 girls is the 18 people she is leading up until she turns 18. And then there's a great story about the hormone hypothesis, or it's called the hormone hypothesis. And it's to me about a ladder coming of age. So I just loved every story, um, which is not often the case for short story collections, but for this one, it is. And I think I just am reminded how much I love well-told short stories. Um, So that is This is Salvage by Vahini Vara. It comes out on September 26th, and I hope it does well. I, I think it is really deserving of any attention it receives. I struggle so much with short stories. I want to like them, but then I think I get so hooked on the one story mm-hmm. that then I'm mad when we switch to another story. Yeah. It's like changing the channel Yes, for me. Yeah. I think you really do have to almost train your brain. I think you and I are probably both really immersive readers. And so because we just read a lot. And so mm-hmm. I think you really do have to tell yourself, no, this is <laughs> this is a different thing that I'm doing. <laughs> it will stop here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because it is kind of startling when you're reading and you get really yeah. attached and then you're like, oh, I never see these people again. Yeah. OK, my last one is middle grade. And I think I, I'm still trying to like piece together my top 10 of the year, but this one's definitely in the top five, if not in the top like one or two. Mm. It was so good. Okay. It was one of those where like I have already retold this plot to Kindle, Nancy, Esme, Caroline, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much That's everyone. how you know you love a book. <laughs> um, well, look, here I am, a willing audience. Hey, <laughs> here you go. <laughs> so this is the widely unknown myth of Apple and Dorothy, Apple Ambersand Dorothy, mm-hmm. um, by Carrie Ann Haydu. And this is out September 19th. And it is, it's, it's Greek mythology, but it's not Greek mythology in terms of Percy Jackson. It's Greek mythology in terms of like, look at these stories and what they're representing in these people's lives. Mm-hmm. So this is about Apple and Dorothy 
obviously. But Apple is like a descendant of the goddess Hera, who is like very high up on the totem pole of, of gods and goddesses. She is Zeus's child. And then there's Dorothy, who is the descendant of Pandora. And they are considered near gods. So they live on earth on this big hill with like other near gods. And every year they all, everyone on the hill climbs the ladder. They, they drink something from the gods that keeps them immortal and they go down and they live another year on earth. And it's just like how they do. It's them kind of like being closer to humans and learning more about like earth and all this stuff. And Dorothy's mom, so Pandora ancestor, decides one year that she's not going to climb the ladder, that she wants to be mortal because she finds being human is just such a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And Penny has always been like this. She doesn't want to be perfect. She just wants to be herself. And her best friend is Heather, Apple's mother. And Heather is like, needs to be perfect. She feels that she has to like be the example of a goddess on earth. Okay. But she's so humanized when she's with Penny. It's just such a beautiful friendship that they have. And so when Penny decides that she's not going to go up the ladder, um, it just causes like a chain reaction on this hill. So Penny passes away a month after by getting in a car accident. Oh, and then everyone's kind of left reeling because gods don't experience death. And so uh -huh. Dorothy's kind of left there. Everyone's looking at her like, oh, of course, Pandora's mother. Like, uh, of course, the descendant of Pandora, like, would would do this and, like, all this stuff. Yeah. But Dorothy's also just like, I lost my mother. Like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. And so you kind of see Dorothy struggle. But then you flip to Apple's side and you see Apple struggling because Penny was the only person in Apple's life who was like, you don't have to be perfect. Mm. And now she's gone. Um, and Apple feels like she has to take care of Dorothy and Dorothy has no idea what's happening. So she's just letting Apple kind of guide her in her life. So it's, it's such, it's such a good book. There's so much to it. And I think that's why I liked it where it's just like, there's so much depth behind everything that they mm -hmm. say and everything that they do that like maybe a middle grade reader wouldn't totally catch on to, but an adult reader would catch on to every little thing. So at, at the very beginning, then after Penny's mm. death, Zeus sends down a lightning bolt and it has a message that this is the last year you're going to climb the ladder. So everyone gets a choice. You oh, either stay okay. on the hill and you become mortal or you go up and you live with mm. the gods. And this is because of Penny's actions. So now Dorothy is even more outcast and everyone's just kind of they don't get it because they're just like, of course, this would happen to Pandora's ancestor. We're just mad at you all over again. Like, first you brought evil and now you are making us choose between Earth and living up at the gods. So there's so much to it. It was so well done. I can't okay. stress that enough. The The writing was just so beautiful. I highlighted so many spots because I had it on my e-reader. Um, again, the cover is gorgeous. <laughs> Okay, I might want to read this. I know that I'm, maybe it seems like I'm grasping for straws, but this sounds like the Barbie movie. Oh, does it? <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Yes, <laughs> yes. This sounds like the Barbie movie because part of the whole plot of the Barbie movie is Barbie is trying to figure out what does it mean to be human? Yeah. And what does humanity look like? And what if she might want to be a human? What would that look like? It sounds really good. It was so good. I. It was so well done. 
I I would give you more plot, but like I don't want to give you any spoilers. Not that they're necessarily right. spoilers because there's no mystery here, but like there is so much more to right. it than just that that basic note. Oh, I think I might yeah. I might I might try to read that one. Okay. Those are the books that we're looking forward to in September. Don't forget that Aaron has put all of these online and you can just type episode 441 into the search bar and you'll see all the books listed ready for you to purchase. You can use code new release please at checkout for 10% off of your pre-orders. This week, I'm reading The Heaven and Earth Grocery Store by James McBride. Olivia, what are you reading? I'm reading West Heart Kill by Dan McDorman. From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at bookshelftville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, bookshelfthomasville.com. A full transcript of today's podcast episode can be found at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com. Special thanks to Studio D Podcast Production for production of From the Front Porch and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. Our executive producers of today's episode are Cammie Tidwell, Chantal Carl, Kate O'Connell, Kristen May, Linda Lee Drost, Martha, Stacy Lau, Chanta Combs, Stephanie Dean, Ashley Farrell, Nicole Marcy, Wendy Jenkins, Lori Johnson, Susan Eulings. Thank you all for your support of From the Front Porch. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Your input helps us make the show even better and helps us reach new listeners. All you have to do is open up the podcast app on your phone, look for From the Front Porch, scroll down until you see Write a Review and tell us what you think. Or if you're so inclined, support us over on Patreon, where we have three levels of support. Each level has an amazing number of benefits like bonus content, access to live events, discounts, and giveaways. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you and we look forward to meeting back here next week.